All right, welcome back to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson and my faithful sidekick co-host and my own personal Alfred Tyler Kern. Happy to be here as and, always. As always, yeah. So, so you keeping the Batcave uh, clean for us, right, Alfred? You know everything. You know we're we're doing okay. We're doing all right. We're doing yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I, I do some dusting when you're not yeah, here. Yeah, you, you know, know the Batmobile's sort of gassed up in case we need to head out. So, exactly. Oh, oh, you know, it got cold, so I had to air up the tires. Obviously. Well, thank you. you know, thanks. Low, thanks for thinking of. Thanks for thinking of Batman's safety. I appreciate that. Exactly. The low pressure light I, came on. Yeah, you know. That's what I happens this time of it year. It does. It does. Yeah. Well. This is the uh, continuation of our first two-part episode of Mm -hmm. I Don't Care. Last week, we heard from uh, Randy Grimes, former uh, Baylor Bear and Tampa Bay Buccaneer football player from back in my era at at, uh, Baylor. Uh, Played for the Bears from 79 to 83. Yep. Went on to Tampa Bay and had had a really fantastic career for 10 years as their starting center. Um. But those 10 years really cost him a lot, uh, cost him a 20-plus year addiction to opioids and, and other medications just to fight his chronic pain mm. and, frankly, his transition out of the NFL. Yeah. And so, you know, we heard a lot about that last week. This week we're going to talk about his work with – that began back in 2010, working with with athletes um, – who have similar addictions, similar transition problems, mm-hmm. but also working with just, you know, regular folks. Yeah. Because, you know, we all face, uh, you know, everybody faces chronic pain from, you know, at times. And, uh, you know, we've all been through transitions too. And so so what Randy's doing uh, around that, uh, you know, he's doing the good work. So uh, looking forward to, to sharing with everybody what uh, what he's doing today and some of his really good words on on uh, you know what can be done about the opioid crisis. Yeah, it was fantastic getting to hear his story last week about how he ended up here and now coming out on the other side. Yeah, uh, what he's doing with that knowledge and how he's kind of paying it forward almost, you know, yeah. been given a second chance by virtue of the fact that he survived that addiction. Mm-hmm. What do you do with it now? And how do you make your life count after that? And so he's really making the most of it. And I'm excited to learn a little yeah. bit more about Rand- what he's doing. Randy's found his purpose and yeah. uh, we'll hear more about that when we come back with, I don't care. Today, 80% of companies are using online learning to grow their business. And MarketScale's online learning solutions are simplifying how you can launch yours. From building an enterprise learning management system, to course design by our professional instructional design team, to full video production and graphic design, your online university will be best in class. MarketScale's blockchain-powered digital credential program makes it easy to add certifications for your courses, creating powerful brand awareness and authentication for your organization. Education is the highest form of marketing, and MarketScale is making it easier than ever to create and deploy training for your customers, partners, and employees. For more information on online learning solutions, visit MarketScale.com. This is uh, this is our second part of our interview with Randy Grimes, uh, former uh, Baylor Bear and uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, player, and and last week we we talked about Randy's Randy's career and, and his road through the NFL, and then we talked a lot about his addictions. 
and and you know his his journey to become sober. And so this show we're going to talk about you know what Randy's done since then uh, with athletes and other folks to help them along their journeys as well. So Randy, you know uh, we're excited to to hear more about this. So. So let's let's talk about you know what you're doing you know what you started doing in about 2010 you know through today what are you doing to help to help athletes and uh, kind of navigate that same journey that you've been on. Well, well, thank you again for having me, and it's, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share my experience, strength, and hope. So thank you very much for that. And uh, you know, like. Uh, like I said last week, you know, when I came into treatment, September 22nd, 2009, there was not a program out there for retired NFL guys. And uh, these, are, these are guys that were experiencing the same self-medicating uh, things that I was doing. You know, these, these are guys that were, you know, with that warrior mentality, they were either out of pride or ego or or not knowing who to call or who to talk to would not put up their hand and ask for help and uh and a lot of the reason was because there was not a program out there for them and and they they thought they were the only ones going through it they were they, they were suffering in silence yeah so so randy did, did you have a lot of former teammates and and former opponents reach out to you after they heard that that you had gotten sober once the word got out, yeah, because I did a, I did an article in the New York Times. There was some stuff that the NFL had published. Okay. Uh, so the word was getting out that there was something available through the NFL, through the Player Care Foundation, and that Randy Grimes was involved with it, and that he was the guy that not only you could contact, but somebody who would help you through the process yeah. and help you navigate through that. And, uh, you know, it, it, so not only was I being there to support guys i was offering them solutions too i had a treatment center all lined up we had uh we had everything lined up where a guy all a guy had to do was actually get on an airplane and uh you know i would pick him up on the other end i would drive him in i would practically sit with him for the 30 44 days he was in treatment and uh you know it was so successful we were able to help hundreds and hundreds of former nfl players guys who otherwise wouldn't have had a solution at all to to, to, to fix the problems that they were having and uh we came up with this it was so successful that it, it spilled over into major league baseball started working with baseball players started working with jockeys started working with nba guys and nhl guys and and uh, I mean, pretty much former athletes from any sport. You know, I've worked with surfers, I've worked with jockeys, I've worked with MMA fighters, I've worked with with athletes, uh, women's tennis, you know, women's golf, uh, golfers. So, you know, pretty much, and we we all have chronic pain issues. We all have injuries that that we self medicate on a daily basis, but. Always, always, I can trace back the uh, the addiction to some kind of transitional issue, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier. You know, when guys can't pick up that club anymore, or they can't can't jump on that surfboard competitively anymore, mm-hmm. or they can't put on that uniform, and 
And and it's not just with athletes, you know, it's with veterans, it's yeah. with first responders, it's with anybody that's retiring. It's it's when I talk about transition, it's it's even kids coming out of college who can't find a job, you mm-hmm. know, it's 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 uh broken homes and, and the people that suffer with, with broken homes. Any kind of transition like that and it's it's trauma. It's yeah. trauma based well, and uh and I'm and I'm and I'm sure that the fact that you are a, a former professional athlete, you you have that connection with other athletes that they can't get in any other kind of treatment program because you've been there. You have that credibility that you know if I were to do that, they would say, yeah, but you don't know what I went through. You knew what they went through. I did, and uh, you know I was there for a long time. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a dark place, and it's not a place that I wish on my worst enemy, and. And yes, I can relate to the places that they've been. And matter of fact, I I, I talk about it like uh, you know, I, I, not that I would have ever hurt myself uh, intentionally, but I was certainly ready for my next handful of pills to be my last. Yeah. And, and I talk about it like you know, God didn't God didn't open the gates of heaven and let me in. He opened the gates of hell and let me out. Hmm. That's kind of how I describe, you know coming out of this addiction yeah. and so you know i kind of I, I i just kind of look at it like i'm helping these guys open the gate out of hell yeah. that's, that's what it is randy were you initially surprised at the scope of the addiction issues that you were confronted with when you first kind of got involved was it bigger maybe than you initially thought as you walked through it personally it was bigger across the board than I thought it was. You know, I knew there were a lot of guys that I played with who were self-medicating. So, yeah, I knew that whether it was opiates or benzos or alcohol, whatever it was, I knew that they were doing that. But I didn't realize it went across the board like it did to pretty much all sports. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and, and to find out the reasons why, the reasons why were the same reasons that it was affecting me like it did. You know, it was all trauma-based. It was all transitional. And um, it, it was it was eye-opening, that's for sure. Yeah. It hey, still is to this day. Oh, I would imagine. I mean, especially when, you know, when you pick up the paper and you read about a Tyler Skaggs, you know. It's, yeah. Really? Yeah. Here's a guy that just pitched the day before. And he's laying in a in, on a road game hotel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if that can happen to an athlete that current, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Hey, Randy, I, you know, in, in my career in healthcare, I've been involved with a number of behavioral health programs, dual diagnosis programs that, you know, are are have an addiction component. Now, is there is there a different are there different components in a program that involves uh, professional athletes at all? Well, you've got to have a, some great pain management options, mm-hmm. you know, and, and convincing guys that there are non-narcotic solutions to their pain. Uh, so you've got to have that in place. You've got to be able to convince somebody that, you know, they don't have to take opiates. They don't have to take benzos, you know, that especially guys that don't have an off switch like me. You know, that's not an option for us. So we have to find other solutions. So, so okay. So, that. so let me, inter- so what are the, some of those solutions that are non-narcotic? Well, and there's some medications out there yeah. that have been extremely effective that are non-addictive and non-habit forming. But there's also some techniques, uh, you know, with, with acupuncture and, and, and I mean, 
the, the problem is you've got to get these guys to open up to mm-hmm. something new, yeah. you know, and not resist it right off the bat. And uh, with, with, with massage and some of the other new techniques that are out there as far as uh, physical therapy and the stuff that they have, you can help guys at least alleviate the pain. Hmm. But, you know, also they're going to have to accept there's going to be a certain amount of pain that they're going to be in that they're just going to have to live with. You know, that's part of it. But but, you know, narcotics is not an answer for a lot of the population because this stuff is highly addictive and um, it it leads everybody to the same place. I mean, we're we're in the middle of of an opiate epidemic in this country that we're, we're losing an entire generation of people right before our eyes. And and, and and we can't stop it. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's something that that really rings true. I know the first time, and, and I'd heard of a lot of a lot of people who were addicted to opioids, but I think that r- the first article that I read was in the Wall Street Journal about two years ago, that really kind of kind of hit me between the eyes about how bad this is. You know, this goes to a county in West Virginia, Mingo County. And Mingo County is where the Hatfields and McCoys feud back in the you know years ago. That was kind of the the main location for it. It's a small county, uh, and the the county seat has two pharmacies in the county. Those two pharmacies over a ten year period dispensed over ten million oxy tabs. Ten million in a county with about four or five thousand people. Unreal. Yeah, and so that just. I mean, it hit me right between the eyes about how bad this truly is. And so, you know, from then on, you know, my eyes were open. And I started seeing and hearing a lot more about it. And you're right, Randy, we've, we're losing a generation. So, so what, what do you think we can do? Well, I, I, one thing I do know is we're not going to legislate our way out of it. Yeah. We're not going to arrest our way out of it, but we can educate our way out of it. And that's, that's kind of my mission. That's kind of what Athletes in Recovery is all about. And that's educating not only people struggling with this disease, but also families and mm-hmm. communities and schools and, 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 and uh, law enforcement and, you know, pastoral staff. You know, anybody who's going to see these people, they need to be educated. And, and we talk about the stigma that's associated mm-hmm. with addiction, you know, because of that stigma, that keeps a lot of people, a lot of families from reaching out for help. And, uh, I, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that, maybe three or four years ago, even right here in South Florida, and you guys probably remember this too, but I think there was like two and a half people who they thought might have the Ebola virus. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And, you know, they put these people in tents, and they uh, the governor dedicated like $22 million towards it. Mm-hmm. It was the lead story on the nightly news every night. And like I said, there was like two, 2.5 people that they thought might have it. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember thinking, wow, here here's a disease, here's uh, opiate addiction, over, overdose deaths, 177 people a day, leading cause of death for people under 50. Uh, why is that not the leading story on the yeah. nightly news every night? And it's all because of stigma. Because yeah. it's because it's addiction, 
nobody wants to talk about it, you know, and that keeps that keeps parents from raising their hand and saying, listen, I need help. You know, it, it keeps communities from from getting educated uh, because they don't want to they don't want to admit that it's happening in their backyard. And so that's, you know, that's kind of what we do now. That's mm-hmm. that's our mission. And and other athletes who have gotten clean and sober is to go out and talk about not only their experience, strength, and hope, but try to tear down those those walls of, uh, of stigma. Randy, are leagues like the NFL doing enough to educate athletes on the front end before they ever take an opioid or, you know, or anything along those lines just to make sure that this gets curbed on the front side while people like you are kind of helping once athletes have kind of fallen into that trap? Is, is there enough education on the front side as well? No, there's not, and there never has been. I know back when I played, there was nothing ever said about opiates. You know, of course, they talked about cocaine. They talked about the street drugs and all that stuff, but they were never they never talked about mm-hmm. prescription meds and 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 that kind of stuff. I think now there's a little more education on it. I know that uh, training staffs and doctors are more accountable to the DEA for the way they prescribe the opiates and benzos, but it's still going on. You know, yeah. as recently as two years ago, I helped a kid that just came out of the league who was still getting meds from the team doctors and team trainers. And, you know, they, they prescribed these, they, well, that's a, not a good word to use. <laughs> they, they hand it out off label and uh, there's no accountability for uh, the way they're distributing and prescribing narcotics. So I think that has gotten a little better, but not it's certainly not to where it, it needs to be. But there's absolutely no education. Yeah, they're going to talk about cocaine. They're going to talk about pot. They're going to talk about steroids and that kind of stuff. But they're not going to mention the, uh, the, uh, the opiate abuse and the benzo abuse that all guys are, well, not all guys, but a lot of guys, a lot of guys are going mm-hmm. through. Hey, Randy, what about, okay, we've been talking a lot and focused primarily on the NFL. What about college? I mean, and, and let's even go. Let's go to high school. You know, what are you what are you seeing in the high schools and colleges right now uh, around the opioid epidemic? Well, I'm not seeing a lot in high schools. I mean, high mm-hmm. schools. You know, we still have the same problems of Adderall and pot and that kind of stuff and vaping issues and and uh, all that. But you know, colleges are these, these college programs now are just like. The pros were when I came in, you know, they're, 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 they're so guys are so much bigger, stronger and faster. And, you know, we, we've got so many different things to worry about. So many outside influences, you know, forming their, their, their makeup. And, you know, we, the, 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 the opiate problem is there. The yeah. benzo problem is there. The Adderall problem is there. Hmm. And, uh, of course, pot is going to always be around it. And this is not the same pot that was out there when me and you were coming through college or through high school. You know, this stuff is uh, yeah. engineered to be really high-potency uh, THC. Yeah. And if you've got any kind of underlying mental issues going on, then you're just throwing hmm. gasoline on a raging fire there when you when you mix the, the, uh, the THC content that, that a lot of these uh, – strains have so i mean there's there's still those same issues and uh, there's still all the underlying mental issues i think there's probably more of those you know with the bipolarism and the depression and all the different things that that uh 
that athletes go through and um you know that that that's not getting any better right so so randy whenever you go speak to say high school kids or high, high school athletes What's what's the primary message that you're telling them? Because I mean, obviously, you know, you you said that your mentality was I'm going to do whatever it takes to stay on the field to uh, perfect in your professional career to be able to feed my family. But but what do you tell a high school kid? I you know what I try to get the message across to them that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That. It, that that's that's what I want to leave there with them thinking that you know it's okay to put your hand up and ask for help. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you don't have the answer to it. I want them to realize that this is life and death. And yeah. even if it's a, a, a friend, you know, it doesn't have to be a family member. It doesn't have to be yourself. But you know, you've got to. You, we've got. We need to have those tough conversations with people and with our families, and 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 know that it's okay to not be okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's just not worth it. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Uh, you know, I would go back and do it all over again, but there's certainly a lot of things that I would do different. That's for sure. And uh, I mean, I love the game that much. Mm -hmm. I love, I love my time in college. I love my time in the league, but you know, I would have done a lot of things different and that's one of them. And it's just wasn't worth everything that I put my family through everything that I lost in those 20 plus years, even though I had a great career, you know, yeah. I still didn't, I still didn't get to leave the game on my own terms, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So even with everything that I sacrificed to play as many games and to play as many plays as I did in the league, you know, mm -hmm. it, the addiction took that away hmm. and um, it, it's just, it's just not worth it. And, and it is, it's okay to not be okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Randy, th these, this has been just incredible and, and I really appreciate you coming on. And I think that's the, that's the best way to, to, to end this. Say, so, you know, people need to understand it's okay not to be okay. Hmm. And uh, you know, and to not to put themselves through, through what you put yourself through uh, during those twenty years, and other athletes, and, and frankly, ever you know anybody that gets involved in addiction, it's not worth it. It's okay to not be okay. So, yeah, and, I, and I think I'm guilty of talking about athletes a lot, but I am talking about everybody yeah. because an addiction affects. It's a family disease that affects mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. So yeah, this this goes for everybody. It, it could be uh, it could be that guy who was in a car wreck and suffering through chronic pain in his back. You know, it could be that housewife who fell and and hurt her hip. You know, it uh, it can happen to anybody. It happens to good people. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they're sick people. Yeah, well, Randy Grimes, it's been a pleasure, and, and thanks so much for being on. I don't care. Uh, you're the message that, that you've been able to give out over these last two episodes has been tremendous. And, and I just hope that, that we're able to reach, Hey, if we reach one person with your That's message, right. it, was worth it. it was, it was definitely worth it. Hey, I appreciate it guys. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. What does it mean to be a maverick of marketing? I'm Shannon Maverick. Join me every Monday at 9am for the Maverick of marketing radio show. Each week, I'll be chatting with a different marketing expert to find out what makes them a true maverick. Taking risk is being a maverick. If you aren't learning, you're going to get left behind. You can either contribute to the problem or you can solve the problem. 
To listen, visit marketscale.com industries and click on MarketScale Radio at the top of the page. Stop running with the herd and start being a true maverick of marketing. Tyler, that, that was impactful. That was incredibly impactful. And yeah. as, a, as a sports fan, just really, really interesting to get to talk to a guy that lived it, breathed it, yeah. you know, was everything part of the NFL there in the 80s and, and the early 90s and had just an incredible career. Get to hear a little bit about the struggle, but then what he's doing now and the work that he's doing. And just um, I, I thought that education portion where he was talking about education is just such a big deal was huge. Yeah. And, you know, and it's great to hear that, you know, he's working with with you know, athletes certainly, but, but with, with regular people too, but what he's doing as far as educating, particularly high school athletes yeah. and telling them, you know, it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's really, that's really an amazing mantra, if you will, for, for kids who think, Hey, you know, uh, when you're that age, you think you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And sure. you think, you know, whatever it takes, I can do it. I, you know, I'll I'll be fine. But uh, but Randy's living proof, you know, you're living your dreams and you're still you may not be fine. Yeah. But uh, but I think uh, we we got, as you say, we got a really interesting insight to a man who 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 did what a lot of us wanted to do, play professional oh, yeah. sports. Yeah. But and we heard about the great the great aspects of that, mm-hmm. but but we also heard about his struggles. But but I think more importantly, we got to hear about his journey out of that and and his you know, I'm not gonna say it's not a victory because you know it's a constant battle for him. Yeah. But but you know what? Uh he he's doing okay and what he's doing for other people, uh you know, it's a it's a great story, and I'm so happy that we were able to to be able to present that. Absolutely, and you're right to point out that's what all of us, or a yeah. lot of us, grew up wanting to be as oh, kids. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be a professional athlete so bad, and it's hard to fathom that process. And we've talked about this a lot: the transition out of the NFL into just everyday yeah. normal life, because. While that you know, while it sounds amazing playing in the NFL, it's unfathomable to me to be the age that I am right now and to be considered over the hill to yeah, be done. Right, yeah. I'm 32. And, wow. And guys in the NFL, like you're 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 a fossil at that point. Yeah. Right. Like his career had to have ended around the time he was my age right now. And so to move what? from that to you know, all of a sudden trying to figure what does life look like for me outside of this uh, amazing work that he's doing. And, yeah. Uh, it was wonderful getting to hear his story. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to tie this one up. We'll 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 go ahead and and, and tie the bow. Yeah, we'll we'll fully tie the we'll bow. We'll fully this time. tie the yeah. bow this time. Yeah. And so, uh, be be back with us next week on Out Care. And uh, for for uh, Tyler Kern, this is Kevin Stevenson. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week.